This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. The playlists for all the seasons of the show can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. I do like that, so I'm going to call it very likely. <laughs> Such is the power of the GM using the chart. I decide the likelihood. <laughs> Hello and welcome back once again to Me, Myself, and I. I am, as always, your intrepid host, GM, and player, Trevor DeVal. We have a few little announcements to start. First of all, we're at a thousand subscribers! Yay! Uh, I'm not exactly sure what that means. Presumably that'll get us some more attention on YouTube. I have no idea. I'm a bit of a Luddite when it comes to this stuff. Thanks so much, everybody, for subscribing and to continue to watch, to continue to comment. And as always, if you enjoy the content here, please do hit uh, like and subscribe if you haven't already and uh, help promote the show that way. Before we get into the usual recap of things, I should point out that uh, Simon and company have leveled up. So just a few quick little things here. Nothing huge, no edges or anything like that. It's just basically skills. So Simon improved his fight and his persuade, in other words, he has the Persuade skill now, imagine that. <laughs> but his fighting goes up to D8, his Persuade is a whopping D4, which is better than the whopping D0 <laughs> that it was. Edbert, he increased his fighting to D10. So, ooh, that's pretty good. And Arn increased his fighting to D8 and his climb to D6. The other little bit of housekeeping I want to do, last time we encountered Simon's father. Before we go on with anything else, I think it's important that we find out what his name was, because I don't want to keep saying Simon's dad, Simon's father, Simon's dad. So let's find out. Once again, the old Xanathar's guide to everything here. We're going to the English name table because Simon's name is English, so his father would have an English name too. I'm just going to assume. 83. Roland. Oh, that's cool. Last time, our, uh, Simon and company were ambushed, but they completely wiped the floor with these would-be assassins, would-be kidnappers, bounty hunters led by Isabel, who was in the employ of Manfred of Dovedane. They completely, they didn't even take a scratch. They just wiped the floor with it. It was a nice change up. It was a nice surprise, actually. Simon decided to leave Isabel and Stratton alive, tied to a tree in such a way that they could escape eventually, because he did not want to execute them for their crimes, because Stratton did surrender and threw, threw down his arms. So those enemies may be around later. Who knows? Or they may not be enemies anymore. Who can say? I can't, but the dice will later. <laughs> so. The point is they won that battle quite handily and then continued to track Simon's father all the way to the village of Argistan, which is just to the northeast of the city of Chiton. By the way, very soon I will have a map composed by my friend and ally, uh, Walross, who is uh, also a watcher of the show. Uh, he's done a really, really cool map on um, Wonderdraft, I think is the name of the program. It's a, it's a map-making software, fairly uh, inexpensive to buy. Anyway, he's a bit of a master with this thing, so I said, hey, how about a little map of uh, Simon's adventures? And he is obliging me. So hopefully over the next, I don't know, week or two, we should have some sort of visual representation that I will obviously share with you, because it's really cool. So, they did track Simon's father back to Argistan, but when they got there, we learned a little bit more about Roland, about Simon's father. 
we learned that he had been in town for about a week and that he had le- he had discovered that Simon was in trouble with Manfred of Dovedane in, in the nearby city of Kyton. He had discovered that his son had a basically a warrant out for his immediate arrest and possibly execution if he ever returned to these lands, the, the city of Kyton and the land surrounding Kyton. Oh, he had also taken a wound, a wound that Simon had been following, a, a uh, trail of blood. Now this becomes very interesting because we immediately then discovered that in fact, the thing that made Simon's parents, Roland and Simon's mother, who we don't have a name for yet, but she's dead. The thing that made Roland and Mummy particularly interested to Zirator the necromancer was the fact, dun dun dun, that they were already dead. That in fact, they were some sort of unique type of ghost, a ghost that was in and out of corporeality. Corporeality, is that the word? They they sort of were phasing in and out of substance and not substance. And it was very clear with the events of last session that Roland did not know he was dead. We're gonna find out a little bit more about Roland and and the nature of his death and the death of uh, his wife as well in the forest, which originally got Zerator's attention. We're gonna find all that out in just a second, but just to do a little bit of bookkeeping, our Chaos Factor is going back up to six because the very end of last episode was a real shock to Simon, so Chaos Factor back up to six. Also, we can close the thread, track down Simon's father, we have done that. The, this thread here discovers Zerator's interest in Simon's parents. Well, that's what we're about to basically get to the bottom of two. So I think we will probably wind up closing that too, but let's see. So as Simon has just backed away from the semi-ghost of his father and as Sherilyn had manifested and said, he is one of us. Simon, you know, backed away completely horrified. The father clearly had no idea what was wrong. I don't think the father knows he's dead. I also think that the father, the father's spirit, because he is a spirit, he is dead, he is a ghost. He's just a very unique kind of ghost. A ghost that, A, as I said, does not know he's dead and is also sort of phasing in and out of corporeality. That's the reason why Simon was initially able to embrace him, but then his hands went through his shoulders. So I think that Roland does not know he's dead and I think that Roland also has no sense of time so when Roland is looking at Simon I think two things happen Simon how have you grown so large in such a short period of time and who is that woman beside you I I do not know her and Simon looks back to where Sherilyn has manifested and she is fully visible now Arn of course <laughs> he's taking a step away <laughs> but Simon Roland sees Sherilyn as just a woman because to his eyes, that's what she would appear as, just a woman. Father, do you not know how long it has been? No, I'm I'm not sure how long it's been, Simon, but at least a week. A week? Father, do you not remember? I have difficulty remembering anything. Let's find out what he remembers. Let's find out what happened. So first of all, I think Roland and his wife, they're both hunters, they're both foresters. So they would have gone out together to hunt and to trap and do all that kind of stuff. So I think Roland and his wife, many, many years ago, left the cabin on an extended hunting trip into the Black Oak Forest. But something happened. I think some calamity befell them that got them killed. I think it was mundane though. I don't think there was anything special about the nature of the death. I think it was a quick thing, but I do think that whatever the nature of their death was, it was such that they were trying to keep each other alive. So I'm sort of picturing like, they fell down a crevasse or they were they were crossing a crevasse by a, a rope bridge and the rope bridge snapped. Maybe the wife was going first, and, you know, the rope bridge fell down, hit the side of the wall. She was hanging on for dear life and he was trying everything to try and climb down to her to help her up, but the, the rope 
bridge broke and they both fell to their death kind of thing. Something like that. So was it that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna call it somewhat likely on Chaos Factor 6. Uh, 22, well, doubles don't count for this because we're <laughs> determining a backstory thing here. So that is what happened. So they did basically fall to a mundane death. I think the twist is, I had this idea earlier before the show and I, I, think, I kind of think it's interesting because there has to be some explanation as to why Simon's father, Simon's parents actually became these unique style of ghosts. Like it's not just a matter of them dying and then their spirits come back to haunt the site or whatever the case is. Something caused them to become these unique creatures, which is what got Zerator's attention. Remember, that's where this is all coming from. He noticed them for a reason. And I think the reason is when they fell to the bottom of that ravine after the rope bridge broke, at the moment of their death, they fell onto like a, a field of plants or flowers, kind of like Athelus or Kingsfoil in Lord of the Rings, which is a plant that Aragorn uses to try and heal Frodo's wound in that story. So I think it's something like that. I think there's some sort of herb or plant, like a, a, a patch of it at the bottom of this ravine that has some medicinal properties that basically, it's like a life preserver. And I think when Roland and his wife fell to their death, they landed at the bottom of that ravine and somehow, that plant, maybe it was pollen that got puffed up, who knows, but, but somehow that, at that exact moment, interacted with the moment of their death and caused them to basically become, their, cause their spirits to become unmoored from their bodies. It has to be unique, so I, I kind of like that. Let, let, let's ask if that's the case. I do like that, so I'm gonna call it very likely. <laughs> Such is the power of the GM using the chart. I decide the likelihood. <laughs> very likely that that is what happened, and 56, yes, that is in fact what happened. So now we know the reason why they, are, they became these unique undead, and we also know the reason why Zerator took an interest in them, because I think that Zerator, using his oracular device in the temple, would have immediately been aware of anything of interest to him, something that he could use. Because if he finds some sort of unique undead that he could then harness and maybe take their supernatural power and embed them into a flesh construct, maybe that's what happened to Simon's mother, that would just be another tool in his arsenal. So that explains the reason why Zerator was interested. It also explains the, the unique nature of Simon's parents' particular situation. Okay, great, thread closed. Now that Simon is aware that his father is in fact a, some sort of ghost that his father is dead. I mean, this is bad news. I think that this is overwhelming for Simon. He stumbles back even further as his father is like, you know, basically coming towards him totally confused. He, ha he has no, because he doesn't know he's dead. He doesn't know what's wrong. He just knows that he can't remember. In his mind, he's been gone a week. He went hunting, there was some sort of accident. Next thing he knows, he's in this temple. His wife gets turned into this horrible creature he has to escape and his instinct tells him to go back home to check on his son. All of that is true. Except also he's dead. There's a number of things that immediately leap to mind here. And that is, what do all these characters want? Because this could become very important very shortly. Simon obviously, now that he knows his father is dead and once he recovers from the initial shock, obviously he's gonna be reeling from this for some time, but I do think that once he recovers from the initial shock, he's gonna want to find a way to put his father to rest. What is that gonna entail? I don't know, the, the dice will decide. So that's what he wants. Arn wants to help Simon find his father, which he's done. I do think ultimately Arn's wishes are to help Simon clear his name in the city of Kiton, and we are very close to Kiton right now, so I think that's gonna be a thing for him. Edbert wants to get rid of Sherilyn. We still know that, and he's still got his eye on that crossbow, and I think that any opportunity that Edbert gets to grab that crossbow and take a shot at the now, now, now visible Sherilyn, <laughs> he might take it, so that could come into it. Sherilyn, now this is the really interesting thing. 
Sherilyn is a ghost. She immediately recognizes Roland for what he is, which is a ghost, but I think that she also recognizes that he's something different. Her entire purpose is to obliterate the undead. So my question is, how does Sherilyn respond to Simon's father? She has just said, he is one of us. Does that mean that she is going to want to find a way to, to help Simon, to lay him to rest, to, to put him at peace? Or, I mean, we've seen what kind of person Sherilyn is, at least in her unlife. Does she attack Roland? I don't think it's likely. I think that she would understand that Roland is not a an immediate threat to them in this. I think that she would want to find another way, but let's find out. I'm gonna call it very unlikely that she just attacks. Okay, well, she does. <laughs> and we've rolled a doubles. As Roland is walking down the garden path here towards his son, and the rest of them are kind of freaking out a little bit, Sherilyn begins to sort of, you know, manifest even further and sort of rise up and begin to launch some sort of attack. Now, a couple things happen in this moment. We have a random event, we're to see what that is, but I also think because Simon is reeling from the shock of this, he's just like, his eyes, he doesn't know what to do. I think Edbert might seize his opportunity and try and grab that crossbow to shoot Sherilyn. That is possible. <laughs> Let's decide that first. Does Edbert seize upon this opportunity to grab the crossbow off of the stunned Simon and take a shot at Sherilyn. Very likely, Chaos Factor 6. 22, he does, and there's another random event. Okay, so he's definitely gonna make a play for that. And he sees Sherilyn manifest all of her attention on Roland coming down the garden path. Simon's stepping back, staggering back. Edward grabbing that crossbow off of Simon's back or side or wherever he's carrying it, and kapow! Random events, two of them. What's the event focus of the first one? 84. NPC negative. <laughs> okay, I wonder who that's gonna be. The Order of the Purifying Flame. This might be translated into Sherilyn because she was the leader of the Order of the Purifying Flame. Well, that's really hard to say fast. <laughs> the Order themselves, they were on the way to the temple and that was some time ago, so the likelihood of them being anywhere near it, it's possible. Before we get too far down that road, let's just, um, find out the nature of this first NPC negative event, Order the Purifying Flame. NPC action is 32. Delay, delay goals. Okay, well that is obvious to me. The NPC is in fact Sherilyn as the head of the order. Delay of goals, of course it is. Her goal is to try and destroy <laughs> Roland. And how does it get delayed? By Edbert grabbing the crossbow and taking a shot. Now the second event is 83. Ambiguous event. Excitement. Subject 50. Excitement travel. It's a catch-all category for anything that does not directly impact characters or NPCs. It's not necessarily bad or good. This is a random event that has, it doesn't have earth-shattering importance. So this is just sort of like an event of interest, basically. It's not. Excitement of travel. Oh, uh, actually, the first thing that jumps to mind, and this is really loosely interpreted, of course, as is my right to interpret how I want. Excitement of travel, I think the excitement of this commotion on here, uh, out here, as well as Simon coming back through the village, has caused the other villagers to take an interest in what's going on. So if you imagine that sort of all around here, there's a couple of other cottages. I think the other foresters, the other huntsmen are coming out of their cottages, sort of excited to see what's going on. They're traveling, They're tra Simon has traveled here and they are traveling out of their house. So that's what's happening here. So basically a crowd has been drawn as this happens. So, okay. 
I didn't think this was going to be a battle. I just thought I would just, I just put the stuff here for visual interest. Okay, Sherilyn, she is going to attack Roland. Roland, totally unsuspecting. Remember, he doesn't see her as a ghost. She's just some woman. And he's like, hey, who's your friend? <laughs> she ah, opens up the floodgates of her power. Does she just basically leap on him and draw like a knife that like, you know, like a, a dagger that she would have had? Cause you know, I'm sort of imagining that when, when you die in this world, if you do come back as some sort of ghost, you have the ethereal versions of all the stuff you had. So I think it's a good bet that she had some, you know, knife with her. She doesn't have access to her full powers, otherwise she'd blast him, right? Well, actually, let's find out. Does she have some sort of power, some sort of magic spell she can access right now that could directly affect him? Um, I'm gonna call it unlikely. Unlikely. 74, she does not. So in fact, she screeches towards Roland, drawing her dagger. To Roland, this dagger is absolutely real. There's nothing ghostly about it. It's a knife. He kind of, his eyes go wide as she comes in. Now here's my question, and it's a simple one, but it's an important one. Who acts first? Does Sherilyn stab Roland before Edbert grabs that crossbow and fires? Now, normally I would put this down to uh, an, an initiative card situation. Who goes first? However, because we had a random event generated that was clearly an NPC negative, which is delay of goals, and it was Sherilyn, as the head of the order, I think that automatically means that Edbert goes first. So, Edbert grabs the crossbow from Simon, a stunned Simon. Simon's like, what, Edbert? Edbert grabs Simon's crossbow off of him, spins, blasts a bolt towards Sherilyn's back, shouting, it wasn't my fault, it was an accident! Kadunk! His shooting is d6, and he's gotta get four more. He gets a five, so he will hit Sherilyn right in the back as she's coming, screeching towards Roland to end the supernatural aberration once and for all. The magic of the crossbow will mean that the bolt does embed in her back and hurts her. Now her toughness is five. Five, okay. She's about to plunge this dagger into Roland when ah, her eyes go wide with pain as this crossbow bolt appears between her shoulder blades. Ah! Okay, now we have to go to initiative. This is gonna be a little weird because who's the enemy and who's the ally? All right, so what do we got here for Simon? We've got Jack. This is gonna be Arn and Roland, Arn four. Edbert is on his own card of five and Sherilyn is on ace. <laughs> okay, she's got to break free of this shake. Does she do it? Her well, probably her spirit's a d10, but she's not a wild card. Does she break free of this shake? She does, but it's not a raise, so it takes her whole round. So basically, the crossbow bolt that embeds itself into her back, she cries out in ethereal pain, but then her eyes sort of go black. She rises up, the crossbow bolt crumbles into this fine black dust and disappears. And she is back in action, but it does take her whole round, which brings us Two. Simon, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Normally Simon would want to stop Edbert from attacking Sherilyn because Sherilyn has been a net benefit for them over this whole thing. And he, uh, he, he, Simon's not the kind of guy to just attack an ally, but that's, she just attacked his dad. Does Simon stop Edbert or does he help Edbert? 
This is his dad. Sherilyn is attacking his dad. She also almost got them all killed in the temple when she brought the ceiling down on them. I think Simon, I think Simon may have had it with Sherilyn. Let's find out. Does he stop Edbert from attacking further? I think it's very unlikely. 90. Extreme no. The crossbow bolt hits her in the back. He sees his father like sitting there. There's no idea what's going on. Simon turns to Edbert. Give me that crossbow. No, she's got to die. She's got to die, Simon. I've had enough. Give me that crossbow, Edbert. I shoot better than you do. And he hands it over and he grabs it, loads it, spins around and fires. Now, loading the crossbow is minus two, but he is marksman, which is plus two, which means he turns and fires normally at Sherilyn. Okay, he's rolling his D8 and he's shooting a, a four. So that's a hit, it's a regular hit. Ka-tunk! Regular hit, 2D6 plus one, eight, nine. 13 damage on toughness five is enough to completely dispel her. But remember, this happened once before. She got shot by this thing, but it was not enough to destroy her. But it is enough to cause her to be completely discorporated for a time. I think that they have to find another way to truly end the threat of the haunting what that is, I'm not sure. But Simon hits hard with that magic crossbow. She screams in anger and vanishes in a puff of ethereal mist. Edbert collapses to his knees, again able to breathe now that he's free of this haunting. At least temporarily. <gasps> you did it, Simon. You did it, she's gone, I can feel it. I can feel she's gone. Calm down, Edbert. I don't think she's gone for good. Remember what happened last time. Now, I think we must find a more permanent solution for your haunting, but yes, for the moment, she is gone. Simon's father comes down to him, sort of in and out of corporality. What was that all about? Why did you shoot that woman? And where did she go? He's just looking so, so confused. Calm down, father. Calm down, I will try and explain everything. Just calm down. Arn notices the onlookers who are sort of looking outside of their, their windows and their doors. There's not a lot of them. It's a very, very small village and everybody knows everybody, but I do think that they're all sort of looking and you know, they're, they're sort of whispering to each other. This is gonna cause quite a stir, I think, at the village and that news may get back to somebody. Arn comes up to Simon. He kind of glances around at all the people looking. Simon, I fear you have made an enemy of Sherilyn this day. And when she returns again as she will. She will not be so friendly as she has been. You mean as friendly as she was when she attacked my father for no reason? Your father is not your father anymore, Simon. If you want to help him, we must find a way to put him to rest. Put him to rest? I've been searching for him for years, and I have just found him, and now you want me to Give him up? You know what I'm saying is right. Your father is in a state of suffering. We must find a way to alleviate that suffering. Edward's still on the ground, on his knees, but I think he's laughing maniacally. <laughs> I did it. She's gone. She's gone. I can sleep tonight. I can sleep for the first time and I don't remember how long. 
Roland, again, so confused. Simon, what does this white-haired man mean? I do not need rest. I feel hale and vigorous. I do not need any more sleep. Come, Father. Come inside. And Simon now notices that you know, the onlookers are sort of talking behind their hands and stuff. Let me deal with this looky loose, Simon. You go inside. Yes, of course. So Arn goes off and he's talking to the village, trying to convince them that, you know, nothing to see here, nothing to see here, that kind of stuff. But as he's talking to the villagers, you know, they all knew Roland. And they didn't know what was going on with him, but they did suspect something was off. They had to have. He's been here for a week. He's gone around to the villagers and he's talked to them because he wanted to know what happened to his son in those moments of clarity that he had, which he obviously had. So they would have noticed something was off about him. So a few minutes later, Arn comes back and joins the rest of them in the cabin. They sit down around the table. I do not believe that Sherilyn will be gone for long. The last time we discorporated her with a crossbow, she emerged very soon after. I do not know how long it will be until she emerges again, but we must act before that happens. Simon, I do not understand what you are saying to me. Why don't you grab that bow and come hunting with me like we did last week? No, father, not now. Just sit back. Try to relax if you can. But I am relaxed, Simon. And he gets up and he goes into the bedroom. I cannot imagine what this must be like for you, Simon. I am sorry. I appreciate that, Arn, but there is no time. As much as I would like to, I do not think there is anything we can do about Sherilyn right now. Unless you can think of something, Edward. <laughs> think of something? <laughs> you mean, think of something like to make it permanent like? Every time there's been something weird or necromantic, Edbert has had the answer. So there's a chance that maybe he does this time. In his experience, has Edbert ever found anything that could give him an answer uh, as to how to permanently end the haunting? I don't think so. If he knew, he would have had no reason to go to the temple in the first place with Simon to find a reason. So I'm going to say it's impossible. It's impossible, which in this case gives it a 10% chance. <laughs> it's impossible that Edbert knows anything about how to put... Oh, 17. <laughs> so close, but no, he does not know. I suppose the answer might be just keep that crossbow loaded so when she comes back, we can put another one in her. I don't think that's going to be a permanent solution. We will eventually run out of bows, Edward. What about you, Arn? Do you know of anything that might help us in this case? Does Arn know a permanent solution to deal with Sherilyn? The answer is 53, so no, he does not. I'm sorry, Simon. I do not know how to deal with this. Well then, we need to know how to deal with my father. In every ghost story I've ever heard, a spirit becomes unmoored from its body and it needs its physical remains to be buried. Perhaps that is the case here. Is it the case? I think that's likely, that makes sense. It's all about trying to put the physical remains to rest, so like maybe like interring them or burying them or burning them and saying a few words or of respect or prayers or something like that. I'm gonna say it's likely. 89. It is not in this case. No, it's going to take something a little more. I think it is that, but I think there's something else that has to be done too. That's how I'm interpreting this no answer. What is it that they have to do? I'm just gonna randomly determine here. In order to properly put Simon's father Roland to rest. Uh, 39, bestow. Zero seven. Bestow allies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think because Roland doesn't know that he's dead, the first thing that has to happen is he needs to be convinced that he's dead. And the only way that's going to happen is if they bring him 
to his body. But it can't just be them. It has to be the people who knew him in life. In other words, it has to be the people of this village that go with Roland to the body and convince him that he's dead. Okay, so that we have a two-part task here. One, Simon has to find the place where his father died. <sighs> he's going to have to ask him about that. So he's going he's gonna to have to find where his father died, and he's going to have to convince the other people to, to come. Now, the other people are going to be freaked out because they just saw some weird spectral thing going on out here. So that's going to be a difficult thing. So we have three new threads here. Convince villages to come with them, find Roland's remains, and find a permanent solution to the, the ghost problem, to Sherilyn's situation. Okay, so I think Simon goes into the other room where his father is sort of like standing confused. He's again, he's sort of phasing in and out of, of solidity, right? Father, when you went hunting last week with mother, do you remember where you went? Does he? I think it's a good bet he does. I think it's a very good... I, I, I don't know if he remembers the exact way there. 50-50. Uh, 99! It's not a random event because it's over the chaos factor, but it is an extreme no. His memories are completely twisted up. He only remembers certain things very vividly. It's, it's, it's really a nightmare. They gotta, they, gotta, they gotta find rest for this poor guy. What do you mean, hunting with your mother? I don't remember doing that. D did we go hunting? I, we normally do. We, why don't you ask her? Is she here? Father, I need you to just rest here for a moment. I'll be right back. He goes back in the other room. My father does not seem to recall anything at all about his life or his death. I confess I don't know what I'm looking for, but presumably we're looking for a body somewhere. I don't know where it could be. We will need all of our tracking skills. I will obviously be able to help you with that, Simon. You should know that the people of Argastan here, while they were noticeably upset at the supernatural events happening just outside the, the store. They also expressed a real desire to be able to help Roland. They had great respect for him. It might behoove us to enlist their aid in this as well. The last time I traveled my father's forest hunting grounds, I was a small child. Perhaps the other hunters know the region better than I would. Uh, perhaps we should go and persuade one of them to come to guide us. If they are willing to help, if they care about my father like you seem to suspect, I think that is a good idea, son. They go out, they leave Edbert there, who's still kind of like sitting in the chair. Oh yeah, they leave Edbert there because when they turn to him to ask him to come, he's slumped in the chair, snoring, asleep. <laughs> a dreamless sleep for the first time <laughs> forever. Arn and Simon go from house to house asking if anyone can guide them along his father's hunting path. Simon is going to roll his brand spanking new persuasion skill. Good thing I took it. And he is going to see if he can convince someone to come. That is a success with one raise. 10, so it's a success with a raise. So not only does he convince someone to come, that someone he convinces was actually one of Roland's great friends, which is perfect because that's exactly what they need to put Roland to rest, although they don't know it. Let's find out about this guy. 69, Morale. His name is Morale, and he's going to be, uh, he's going to have a French accent because uh, why not? What do we know about Morale? Let's go to our Une. We know that he was definitely a friend to Roland and that he's going to help them find Roland. An addicted? <laughs> Sniper. 
Okay, that means he's great with his bow, but he has an addiction. He's a lone alcoholic who's lo who lost his family years ago. I don't know, a bear mauled him or something. But he's lived alone for as long as Simon can remember. And that's the reason why him and Roland were so friendly is because Morley had no had no family. So he was he was kind of a sad state, but uh, but Roland was able to sort of help him uh, a number of times over over his life. So Morley is, he feels very, very loyal to, to, to Roland for that, I think. They, they go to his hut and they, they ask him about the father's, the hunting grounds and such. And Morley says, uh, yes, Simon, I know very well where your father used to hunt, but I want to ask you, what happened outside of his house just a little while ago? There was some sort of commotion that looked unnatural to me. What you have seen, Morley, is unnatural indeed. That is not father. It is his spirit that is still tied to the earth somehow. I believe we need to find his body and bury it with honors. And perhaps this will put him to rest. He is a ghost? Yes, I'm afraid so, Morley. Unfortunately, the supernatural seems to follow me like storm clouds. Will you help us? It's a bit early for me. It's almost noon. Yes, but I was uh, I was up all night uh, with uh, some brandy. I will come with you. Give me a moment to prepare. And he does. And they go back. They wake Edward up, who is very difficult to wake up. He's in a very deep sleep for the first time ever. And they go back to Roland. And, and Simon basically says to him, Father, I would like to go hunting with you one last time. Would you enjoy that? Yes, of course, Simon. Let me just get my bow. Thank you, Father. It has been too long. We're gonna end that scene there. That was crazy stuff with Cheryl, and I'm gonna increase the chaos factor to seven. We've added Simon's father, Roland. We've added Morley the Forester. And with that, the five of them leave Argaston having only just arrived, but knowing the time is of the essence because Sherilyn could reappear at any moment. But when will that happen? We will have to find out next time as our characters move into the Black Oak Forest, being led by Morley the Forester, looking for the body of Roland. Will they find Simon's father before Sherilyn shows up again? Will they be able to put him to rest? And in so doing, give Simon some measure of peace that he has never known? Once again, You'll have to tune in next time to find out, along with me. Thanks so much for watching. If you like the show, please hit like and subscribe, and we will see you next time and uh, find out what lies in store for Simon and company here on Me, Myself, and Die.